0: Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can have fun as a sinner, but you can also have fun as a saint. But trying to do so in between, as a reluctant, cautious Christian, you run the risk of becoming an intolerable bore. It's a pity so many of us have never gotten comfortable having fun being christian i don't mean faking like the world has 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 fun and then just turning it into christian i'm not talking about christian heavy metal i'm talking about having a full joy in a fully christian life i feel a lot of us have bifurcated our lives we we've, we've split it in half we live almost two different lives. We have a we have our church self and then we have our real self, our public self, our secular self. We have work friends and church friends. We have a church family, but then we have family. Personally, I think that's reason why some rotten churches manage to survive their their bad theology doesn't actually permeate anybody's lives or worse our churches look so much like the world that we can't tell the difference between the secular world and our churchly world they look almost exactly the like why would we see a difference we're like children sometimes we're like children who have, who have finally gone to the beach for the very first time. And, and, and we've managed to, 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 to work up the courage to, to leave the lawn chairs and to leave the lounge chairs. But we've only managed to wade about knee deep into the surf, longingly looking out at the surfers and the boogie boards that are having a marvelous time, but also terrified and looking back at our, our nice easy lounge chair and going, it's, It seems so much safer back there. It is safer. I hold it's not nearly as much fun. To put it in Old Testament terms, we have left the tents of the wicked, but we have failed to work up the courage to stride into the palace to join the banquet of the king. We're on a drawbridge someplace going, Ooh. The Bible often talks about people of God being filled with the Holy Spirit. Invariably, they're talking about people who are tasting some newfound joy and newfound freedom. They have thrown caution under the wind and they're caught up with that freedom and with that peace that God brings to their life. No more lying, no more adultery, no more hatred, no more regret or guilt or self-defense, no coping mechanisms, no half-truths to remember, just a life filled with the Holy Spirit and the relaxation that that brings of sins being forgiven. John chapter 10, verse 9 and 11. I'm the door, says Jesus. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and he will find pastor. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and that they would have life to an abundance. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Why do so many of us miss that joy? People outside the church have leveled these charges against us. They, they tell us that, they notice that we're not as joyful as we would like to be. Not as joyful as we ought to be. Not as joyful as we market ourselves to be. They say the church is just filled with hypocrites. Yep, come on. <laughs> we got all kinds of room. It'd be wonderful. Trust me. We have plenty of room. We're judgy. I'll get you that. I'll give you that. Christians are judgy. I'm judgy. I know it. I'm I'm judgy. But I will also tell you that the value of the global fashion industry is three trillion dollars. That's two two and a half percent of the world GDP. Based upon what we're going to wear on our bodies. That's not even including the Pentecostals denim dress. If you add in all of that money, we're we're, we're four trillion dollars right there. My point is, it's not that the Christian church is more judgy. Humanity is judgy. You are judged the moment you walk out of your door all the way till you get back and maybe after you get back to the house. I don't think the church is more judgy. I just think that our judgments are probably juster, possibly more vocal, I generally consider myself a greater sinner than anybody else. I don't consider myself better than anyone else out there. I consider myself worse because I have a keener understanding of what sin is and what it looks like in my life. I can see the smaller specks. I wonder if we don't envy the sinner and his fun sometimes as we plod along day after day as slaves to dull duty. Our conscience is keeping us from plunging back into the restless and the whirl of sin and drugs and adultery and pornography. There's no doubt that the fact that you can have fun as a sheer animal. If you can manage to put your conscience to sleep, if you can manage to ignore the word of God, if you can you can you can abandon yourself unto pleasure and you can have your fun where you can find it and whatever it is, whatever it suits your fancy today, whether it be a new dish, a new drink, a new woman, you can move as your tastes uh, push you about, and if anybody calls you on it, you can just. You can just shut them. Who needs the negative Nellies anyway? You can just cut them off. Just follow your heart wherever it goes and wherever it leads. And anybody that says anything negative to you about you, you can just tell them to step off and never talk to them again. Defriend them on Facebook and don't invite them to your parties anymore. If money's what you want and you're not bothered by those prudish ideas of honesty and fair play, you can have as much money as you want. If it's power and prestige that pushes your buttons, you can hobnob with questionable pals. You can, through cunning intrigue and deceptive flattery and blackmail, you can get anything you want. Or you could just marry well. Or you could marry really poorly and just ignore a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) It's one way. Insert Johnny Demp Amber Heard joke here. (laughs) It's embarrassing the amount of stuff I know about these two people's intimate lives. It it seems to, to, to capture the consciousness of America, what's going on. But these poor, these poor, miserable people. Could you imagine a life like that? I know it looks shiny from the outside, but you get on the inside of these lives, man, sometimes... You're like, oh, you poor people, all of you, everybody involved in this family, if you call it a family. There is great fun to be had as a mere animal, but it it comes with a cost. For animals live without conscience. And you're not an animal. Not an everyday animal. You're a human made by God for a higher purpose. Since childhood, most of us have heard the gospel. And in that gospel, you hear again and again and again, Since you, some of you, since you can remember, you're not just one of the animals. You are part of the created order of things, but you're not just an animal because the gospel is God's power and it will not leave you untouched you can hear about santa claus and snow white and the tooth fairy and then you can just hear about that and go on and be about your way you see the avengers make no claim upon your spirit MASH, Star Trek, Cheers, Yellowstone. They don't make any statement of faith. They're just simply entertainment. But you cannot, you cannot hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot hear how Jesus has sacrificed himself for the forgiveness of your sins and that not have an effect upon your soul. Because that good news is your good news. It has an effect. When you hear the gospel, you hear that bell call calling you far away from an animal life. It is the Holy Spirit calling you into something better, into something more, into something bigger. It is like the evening chapel chime. At once, it's full of peace and full of terror at the same time. Once you've heard it, you can never go back to the way you were. You may forget yourself from time to time, but the bell continues to ring. The Apostle Paul describes the world's work in his life, the word's work in his life. Paul says, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandments came, sin became alive and I died. For Paul, the happy animal in him was dead. He could not waltz down his life in selfish abandon now, but God's word through the gospel does not leave us as a dead animal. It wants to make you a living prince, holy heirs to the kingdom of God. He wants you to come face to face boldly with the Father. It wants you to replace you. It wants to replace in you the, the pleasures of the jungle for the joys of palace life. Some say, why, why did God do this to us? Why didn't God just leave us as happy animals? We'd all been so, so very happy with that, wouldn't we? Why did he cause our conscience? Why does he, he, he give us this heavy, this high burden? In 1936, King Edward of England abdicated his throne in order to marry a two-time divorced American woman. Everybody thought it was a bad idea. He thought it was wonderful fun. The, questionable, the question remains, was in all of those intervening years living as a deposed prince, as an abdicated king, did it ever really bring him more joy? I don't think the answer was yes. I think it was Kierkegaard who said roughly, I couldn't find the quote, but I'm sure somebody said it. Mankind should gather up all of the New Testaments in the world, carry them unto a high mountain, and cry out to God to take them back. Because the role it describes for man is too crucially high. You see, as princes and princesses, we cannot go back into the jungle and just romp around like animals and it doesn't make any difference to anybody today we pray again for the holy spirit to come and dwell richly within us too many of us are trying to be neither animals nor sons of god you think you can do both we think we can have the joys of the Holy Spirit within our hearts, but then live on the edges of that spirit somewhere where we can kind of come to the come to the castle every once in a while. Maybe come around the back door through a servant door. Give a report unto the palace. Make a polite call upon the king, hoping all the while that he's going to be too busy for us. We don't want to bother. As we make our way through the castle trying to make our way out, we're hoping that we don't run into him by sheer accident. Somebody will tell him that we were there, that we made a report. Out there on the fringes, you can handle life any way you want. Out on the fringes, you can do whatever pleases you. You can do whatever's easiest, whatever makes sense to you in the moment. And when there's work to be done in the kingdom, instead of tackling it yourself, mighty man of God that you are, you look out the sides of your eyes thinking, somebody will volunteer for that, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here knee-deep in the surf and wait for somebody to pass me. I mean, after all, I don't want to take all the glory for myself, do I? God will get it done. Come on in, the water's fine. You need not be a hero to reach the palace. You need not have to climb up the sheer walls. You don't have to go over the back walls, for Jesus Christ is your gate. You don't have to climb up some craggy cliff. I'm not saying that you need to be here every day. I'm not saying come to church every day. I'm not in church every day. I take Monday off. Monday's my, my, my day of relaxation. It's my day of Sabbath. And by Sabbath, I mean day of rest. I mean I go to the dump and I mow the gongs. It's awesome. I'm not implying that we need to turn into an advocate of fortress church and come into this place and, and hide away from the world. You reach the palace by being led. It is a divine compulsion given to you by God. That Holy Spirit ushers you in. It pulls you into a life in its fullest. If you feel like you ought to be in Bible class, that's not you. And that's not me either, by the way. That's the Holy Spirit of God saying you ought to be in Bible class. I'm not trying to guilt you into doing something you don't want to do. If you want to sit in the beach baking in the hot sand, what's that to me? But if you want to come out into the deep water, you can do that. If you want to come play on a boogie board, it'll be great. We'll share. I'm just saying, we'll share. Seriously, the Holy Spirit urges you to deepen your faith. The Holy Spirit calls you to exercise your faith. If you feel guilty for skipping church, you probably feel guilty because you... Skip to church. If you feel like you had to go to an LWML meeting, go to an LWML meeting. If you feel like you ought to join a lawn mowing team, then join a lawn mowing team. If you feel like you ought to get training as a Stephen minister, get training as a Stephen minister. If you feel like you ought to take one of your friends to a Dave Ramsey class, that maybe they could get their finances together. You might learn something on the side without having to actually say you needed to learn anything. By all means, grab a friend and drag them to a Dave Ramsey class. If you want to hold a dinner or a tea or a prayer in your house or hold family devotions or invite a neighbor over for any of those things, then by all means, come out into the deep water, grab you a boogie board. It'll be fun. It might be terrifying before. It's fun. it'll, It'll turn into fun. The Holy Spirit directs your spirit in a way that does not allow us to lose sight of the cross of Christ. For it is Christ's cross that you have sonship with God. It is in, with, and under Christ that we become joint heirs and prince and princesses of the world. Our path is beset with perils and pain, but with each step the Holy Spirit bears witness in you and for you that you are indeed a child of God and in so much you have every right to the palace. You have every right to be in the palace with God. He has made you an heir. Jesus has gone forward to make you a place. And it's not easy being royalty. It's not. It's not easy being royalty. You're going to have a thousand voices telling you that you're too uppity. A thousand voices are going to tell you that you're brainwashed. They're going to tell you that you're stupid. They're going to tell you that you're old-fashioned. They're going to tell you you're just not hip with the times. They're going to tell you that you are an inauthentic drone of some dead theology. But I will tell you, you are not some dumb animal. You are not just some complex chipmunk. You see, the native element of a bird is the air. The native element... For a fish is the water. And the native element for man is the kingdom of God. To settle for less is to settle for death. You can never be a mere man. You are never going to be able to be a mere woman. Because you're not. You're either led by the Spirit as a child of God. Or you're turned away from the Spirit to become an animal. You've become something less. You've become something pungent. Something simple. Something painful. To you and your God. Let us cease our vain struggle against the Holy Spirit. Let us revel in the gifts that God has given unto us. Let us come into the palace. Let us be happy inheritors. Let us be a, a peculiar people. Children of the Heavenly Father. Paul writes in Romans, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are also sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, of whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. God, be merciful unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.